This is the Leading Second Podcast. We're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Well, welcome back to season three of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited uh, to have you here today. If you're really honored to have a space in your life every week, if you lead from the middle, and if you want to see your church move forward, if you serve on a church team in any capacity, then Leading Second is for you. It's our honor to lead this tribe of uncommon church leaders, the kind of leaders every pastor would kill to have on the team. You know, for the second half of season three here in the fall of 2020, I felt God lead me to just dive deep into some crucial conversations that I feel like we need to be having. The stakes have never been higher than right now for the local church uh, in this season and just what our nation is grappling with, the local church uh, you know, holds in it the, the hope of the world, Jesus himself. And um, it's just so vital and it's so necessary that we stay healthy and that we get it right so that we can effectively represent and bring King Jesus to a world uh, who's really looking for answers and hurting a lot right now. Today, we're just going to do that. We're going to dive deep into a te- uh, crucial conversation. In fact, it's so funny. At the beginning of the year, I felt the word that God gave me for the podcast was living in the tensions. And if you'll remember, if you go back to the beginning of season three, pre-COVID, whatever that life was, uh, we did a bunch of episodes on uh, living in the tensions and actually had several episodes that never made it to air because of COVID. Um, Maybe we'll do some sort of a from the vault week or something uh, coming up. I'm not sure. Uh, But what we're going to talk about today is no doubt one of the greatest tensions our world is facing right now. And one of the greatest tensions we as leaders in the proverbial second chair will ever face. So today's episode is going to be all about authority. In fact, since the beginning of this year, our culture's relationship with authority has become even more complex, almost hard to watch at times. And it's challenging to remind ourselves sometimes as Christ followers where we stand on the subject of authority. I mean, just think about it. In the past few months, we have witnessed the wrestle in our nation, in the U.S. right now, of more or less government oversight. What do we want? Our nation is having that conversation right now. We're we're experiencing the wrestle of more or less police and law enforcement funding and involvement in our daily lives. Pastors are guiding churches through the most uncertain and unprecedented times in our generation you know, we, we're right now, as I'm recording this, having the national conversation over the wrestle, over the right, you know, personality and approach of our next president. Uh, and then you just take that down to a personal level. I've seen more personal transitions in this season than I think I've ever seen in my life. People moving, leaving churches, taking new jobs, recalibrating their lives. If you're listening to this podcast today, I'm going to go out on a limb And I'm going to assume that you want to get it right with the leaders in your life. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, you have a perfect relationship with everyone in authority in your world. Uh, I know that I don't sometimes there's complexities to it, but if you're listening to this today, I believe that you are like I in that, um, we're willing to fight for it and we're willing to fight to get it right. 
and have the right perspective and be clean and pure of heart in this area, the, the complexities of living under authority. The question I've been asking myself this summer is, is this, what does the message of authority sound like right now to a world that is increasingly anti-authority? And as leaders, we have to wrestle with these issues because they touch every area of our lives. And we have to be able to help others who are navigating this tough landscape as well. I remember one time I was struggling with a certain leader in my life and I called a lifeline. I phoned a friend uh, because I needed some help and I needed some perspective. And it was so amazing what this friend said back to me Uh, when I called, got real, got honest about it. He said to me, um, God must think so highly of you that he has given you the privilege of walking through this because you on the other side of this are going to be able to help so many people. And maybe today you're wrestling with certain issues, or certain areas of your life. Let me just say it's a good wrestle. It's a worthy wrestle, but it's important for us to have a biblical foundation to this. So we come out on the other side, healthy and strong, and we can also offer a lifeline of truth and help to a world that really has lost its way in some ways when it comes to the subject of authority. So today I am excited to have back to the podcast a good friend of Leading Second and Lindsay and I, her name is Nicole Smithy. As she is on the team at Liberty Church in New York City. They have campuses around the city and around the nation and even internationally. She also leads an organization I'd highly recommend you check out called Iridescent Women. And today she and I had... Um, just a real and raw conversation on the complexities of authority. I believe it's going to help you today. So without further ado, here it is, my interview and conversation with Nicole Smithy. Well, hey, Nicole, it is so good to be talking with you again. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're with us today. Oh, man, I'm so glad to be back. We love you. And um, I I have been a Nicole Smithy fan for years. Um, I, I just love, I love what God's doing in your life um, and through your your ministry at church, your destiny. Maybe talk a little bit about that for a second. And um, I, I just love the, the, the perspective that you always bring around the word of God. So thanks for being with us. Maybe just, you know, for anyone listening who may not know you, just tell us a little bit about you and catch us up on, on where yeah. life's taking you the last year or so. Yeah, well, that's, those are some kind words. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I live in New York City with my husband, uh, Lower East Side in Manhattan. Love it. And it's been such a strange year with the pandemic in so many ways here in New York, but we love our city. And we have seen the resilience of New York in so many different ways. Um, I have the great honor of being a part of the team at Liberty Church. I'm the executive director of our ministry. So I also, that includes our teaching and um, our uh, series development across all of our communities, as well as a chunk of our staff that I get to work with and oversee to make ministry happen on the ground in a lot of different communities, New York, London, St. Pete, Manzini. And then Iridescent is a company that I launched a little over two years ago, co-launched, and uh, it is a digital media platform for women. And we talk about relevant issues that are happening in a woman's life. And we do it through podcasts, articles, videos, resources, webinars, you name it in the digital space, we're there. And we're excited because we have a lot of cool things coming up in the fall and into the new year, including the development of an app, a big crowdfunding campaign with a lot of cool swag and different offerings there. And uh, we're gearing up for a membership program next year. So we're like fully in the thick of it this fall, but loving life and grateful for all the things that we 
that we get to be a part of my husband and I. Absolutely. And I, I'd encourage anyone listening, um, follow iridescent women. I love what you're doing. I just love your perspective on that. Such a needed conversation, uh, right now. So thank you for everything you're doing. And today, uh, because you are my friend, uh, we're going to have a complex conversation and I didn't bring you on the, I didn't bring you on the podcast for like the, the, the cute, pretty conversation. Um, you, you, you I like it. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have the complex one, and uh, today I don't know we're gonna title this yet, but we're gonna title it maybe something about the complexity of living under authority. I mean, the, it, yeah. if it maybe maybe that's the right way to say it. Um, this episode is gonna air during October, which in the church world is often Pastor Appreciation Month. I I I've been under one pastor my whole life. I love my pastor, as I know you you do yours, and. Um, but I know that our relationship with uh, authority is so vital for us as believers and leaders, but right now so complex. And we we put this word over leading second when we launched it, this word uncommon. And I don't think I realized at the time even how true this word would end up being over our um over our ministry and over church leadership, because there's so much that we have to do right now that pushes against the grain of culture. And yeah. there's no doubt in my mind the conversation of authority is one of those, if maybe not the biggest one right now that we have to, we have to find the way of the kingdom rather than prevailing culture. So if you're, if you're up for it today, I wanted to dive into the complexities of living and leading under authority. How have you seen those complexities just in in your own life and in your own perspective right now? Yeah. You know, I think complexity is the word I, um, there's a there's biblically a lot of complexity to what it looks like to live under authority, to honor authority, to submit to authority. Um, and I think we're at a bit of a crossroads, even with culture, in terms of how we're going to be relating to authority moving moving forward. Um, in a lot of ways, it's a very cultural moment around authority that is happening. And um, I think as Christians, that is always like a um, sounding an alarm for us to go back to scripture and to, and to wrestle with scripture about what it means for us so that we are not um, making decisions about how we outwork our faith and how we follow Jesus based on society standards or what is what is the latest movement, but really what Christ teaches and um, and live out the kingdom. So it's it's a really interesting moment in a lot of ways, and it is complex. I actually would say that I think um, where historically. Um, the church has missed this in different moments and caused some pain points, if I could be honest, is when we've oversimplified it. Right. When we've just said, honor authority, here's the scripture, and that's the answer to everything. Because um, one, I think when you build a whole theology on one verse, you're right. kind of setting yourself up for a disaster in any scenario. But I think specifically with this one, you know, you're, you're dealing with people and authority are people at the end of the day, they're people right. and they're humans and they make mistakes and there are different styles and different personalities. There's all of this. And then we bring in as our own humanity into the relationship of interacting with authority. Right. So it's, it is complex and there's so much to unpack scripturally with it. So um, I, I think that we we need to have this wrestle. We need to have this conversation right now because of what's happening in our society, but also um, 
um, what is the conversations that are happening within the church too. And as, as, as leaders leading people, what does it really mean when we say honor authority? What are we really saying? And what are we not saying um, based on scripture? So there, there's certainly a lot here, um, but I think it needs to be a complicated, it needs to be a complex conversation and not a simple one. And, and I think that will do us a lot more good than summing it down to one statement, you know, what we should do. Absolutely. And so the big disclaimer on this episode today is we make no promises to arrive at any major conclusions uh, that that we're, we're okay with the wrestle. I mean, yeah. Nicole and I were talking offline even before this and just like we're both in a wrestle on this. I mean, that that getting getting this right feels like a wrestle. And maybe we can just just pause here on the complexity. I mean, we see both in scripture, you know, we see in Acts chapter five where the disciples say we have to obey God rather than man. And, right. and, but then you see Romans 13, all authority is established by God. And you see, um, David's complex relationship with Saul and him saying, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I mean, which is it? Is it not touching the Lord's anointed or is it obeying God rather than man? I mean, both are in scripture and both speak something to such. You even mentioned something about the book of Acts and, and the disciples relationship and even justice, I think with yeah. uh, Nero and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is complex. So I think to st there's a couple levels to it that w I think we can have with this conversation. I think the first is just, what does it look like for us to obey authority in our world and related to government? And that that's its own tension point right now. in not just the U S in many places in the world, like it is, there's something happening in the world right now. There's a stirring. And so um, if you look at scripture, you see that you're right. The church actually, when it came to living out their faith, they chose to obey God rather than man. Then you also see other scripture where, um, you know, Paul is actually saying to the church to honor your authority um, on every level, including the emperor. And the emperor at the time was Nero. And um, I think whatever discomfort we have with our current political climate and our administration, um, I, it's worth us pausing and remembering Nero. Nero was a tyrant, if ever there was one. He was crazy. And I don't use that word flippantly. He burned people alive. Like this man was out of his mind. And you look at that through history and see that was confirmed, not just from one perspective, but that's just his story in history. And now you have a scripture that's saying you still can honor him. And I think we have to understand the difference between honor and condoning. I think that's really oh, important. Yeah. Scripture talks about honor. Honor is showing great revere, great respect, great value for a person, for the position that they hold. Nowhere in scripture does that mean that you then are blindly or silently um, co-signing on certain behaviors or choices, especially the ones that defy your ability to love God and love your neighbor. So you can honor authority while still seeking justice. You can honor authority yes. while still seeking the greater good. You can honor authority while still like living this Christ-centered life and pursuing the work of the gospel. Those things are not in competition with each other. They weren't for the early church, which again, I think it's really great for us to go back to scripture. The early church had so many pressure points that we don't actually have right now. Right. Like they weren't being persecuted. Like we're not, 
we're not in the U.S., I should say, we are not dying for our faith. (laughs) We're not losing our property for our faith. We're in a tough time, but we want to look at the early church and see that they were really in the thick of persecution that was also um, a catalyst for the growth of the early church. But these were the, these, this was the context in which these scriptures were, were written and the direction was given to the church. So I have to walk away from that and say, in some ways, they defied authority because they preached the gospel when they're told not to. <laughs> right. Because they lived counterculture when a lot of laws were not seeking justice, they were living an embodiment of justice because they were living out what it meant to love your neighbor. At the same time, they they honored authority. They prayed for Nero. They prayed for their government. They obeyed the law of the land. They did these things. So there weren't they weren't mutually exclusive. And I think that's where that complexity comes in. And for us as Christians today, we can be on the, the side of justice. We can do good and we can we can also pray for our leaders. We can honor their authority. We can seek the greater good. And both of those, and this is really important, both of those things, praying and honoring our leaders, as well as seeking justice, as well as loving your neighbor, both of them are um, outward reflection to the world of what it means to follow Jesus. Like both of those things, not one more than the other. And I think that's part of our wrestle right now when it comes to like government and learning how to um, our relationship with government officials and authority at the moment. So, so, so very well said. Um, I even think of Daniel, you know, when, when Israel was in exile with, um, Nebuchadnezzar and, um, he was in the King's service, mind you, you know, he, this, this wasn't, I mean, you want to talk about someone who probably could have looked like a sellout. I mean, you know, he, he literally was in the King's service, but he emerged with this, with, with an excellent spirit, he emerged not defiling himself. He emerged even even um, physically distinguishing himself, and and honored God even in the king's service. I mean, you want to talk about a wrestle? Uh, you know, you're, you're 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 right. We we don't find ourselves nearly. I think in some of these situations right now, um, Lindsay and I. You know, I'm re- recording this right now on the road. Uh, we're in the. Um, we're in the Virginia Beach area right now, but a few days ago we were in Washington, D.C. and had a chance to go to the Bible Museum while we were there. Mm-hmm. And just hearing again um, about the early church and their their zeal, but also their struggle to to see the church birth and the gospel begin to get hold in different, you know, different parts of their region and different parts of the world. It reminded Lindsay and I, and maybe this is just a word for this season for us right now, the local church has been through far worse and has mm-hmm. still emerged strong and has emer- has moved forward. And I think we can just, in 2020, we can take, uh, we can find refuge in that and we can find strength from that, from our our spiritual heritage that, that many faced forms of opposition, but the, the church today even in some cases, if it's a remnant, the church is alive and well yes. and strong and will move forward in this season because the gospel will not be snuffed out in, in, in any part of the world, regardless of what it faces. I, um, here's, here's a, here's a, a maybe a, a bit of context we could offer to people today. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this as Americans. Let's just talk to, I guess, leaders in North America in the U S right now, um, we have this dueling 
worldview maybe is the right world right right word or dueling belief system where we participate in the US in a democracy and yet the kingdom of God is a kingdom and and the, there's a very big difference in a relationship with authority between a democracy and a kingdom and i think we get into trouble when we apply democracy rules to the kingdom of god or kingship rules to to our united states government you know in, in a democracy we are actually allowed to in the right the right moments the right way speak back to authority we're we can we can vote out a president we can um we can protest we can you know with that those are protected rights that actually are um you know the brave men and women of our armed forces for years have have fought to protect for us and that's the beauty of our nation and yet the kingdom of god is a kingdom with a king and do you ever see that where we 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 Maybe we don't mean to, but we almost try to apply the rules from one to the other. And I think we can get ourselves in a little bit of trouble when we do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think further, like breaking that, that's very, yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it and framing it. And um, we get into a lot of danger when, to your point, we approach um, authority in in, in the U.S. and North America through the lens of like the kingdom, because then we're looking for a king and a political leader. And that's actually not what God has promised us. Our King is Jesus and he's the one who is for us. And he's the one who is going to, that's where we find what we need from him. And that's where we find um, spiritual awakening. That's where we find harvest. All of the things that we were made for and created for, we're going to find in him and his rule and reign. So then if we're looking to a certain political party or a certain um even just one policy to be the, the change that hear me. I think we have, because now we live in a democracy, I'm not trying to minimize the importance of functioning within the democracy and doing your part right. to advocate for change, whatever you believe that looks like. But what I'm saying is I think we get into a real problem when we, yes. when we start viewing our man-made governments through the lens of like, we apply the context of kingdom on that. That's dangerous because now we're idolizing or we are um, trying to overthrow, and either of neither of those things work very well with what we're scripturally told to do, which is honor authority. Then, on the on the other side, with seeing the kingdom of God through the lens of democracy, uh, I think it's really important to remember in the kingdom of God who our King is. Our King is Jesus. I think the language for spiritual leaders in the New Testament is not kings; it's shepherds, <laughs> shepherds and priests. We're all part of the priesthood and shepherds. So they are held accountable to certain things as shepherds and all of us as the priesthood in the New Testament. But I think we get into a dangerous place in a couple ways with even in the kingdom of God that we start to look to earthly spiritual leaders as the king when Jesus is the king. And then we try to apply democratic reasoning within the kingdom of God. And we find ourselves sometimes in a place where we're not really wrestling anymore, even with human leaders and authority or decision making we're actually wrestling with our just relationship of being able to submit to the king, which is Jesus. And I think we need to be able to differentiate between both of those things. Um, so I think there's a lot of complexity even in just what you stated. And I think it gives us a lot to think about, a lot for us to explore. And I do think that it's some of those misguided um viewpoints when we place them in the wrong places, democracy kingdom, lead to a lot of different challenges, a lot of different hurts, a lot of different pain, and a lot of different frustration, and ultimately us not able to like biblically honor in the places that we're supposed to. 
um, while also the greater cause of doing good and pursuing unity within the body of Christ. Okay. So I'm literally over here wanting to do a lap around this office right now. I'm so excited by what you just said, because, um, you, you just, we didn't even talk about this, but you just said something that I feel like was even a new layer of my revelation on this just the other day when I was, to be quite honest, thinking about this episode and thinking about this conversation. And and this is the point. I think in the kingdom, of course, we have King Jesus. He, he is our, he is the one in authority. Every name is under his name. Um, but if I'm honest, I think I've applied King um, expectations and king loyalty to human leaders at times when they are truly shepherds and stewards. And I love that you just said that because I feel like I had a new revelation just, just in this season in my own life of, I actually can't expect that much of my human leaders. And it, it gives me permission to, to walk with them even in the middle of their sometimes imperfections or whatnot. They're, they're stewards, they're shepherds and they're humans like I am. But, and I, I think at times I've held leaders on a pedestal and held them to king expectations, but they, they are not kings. They are lead shepherds and, and yeah. lead stewards, if you will. And, um, that helped me. And I'm really glad that you said that maybe, maybe that'll help someone else yeah. listening today to, to remove some of those expectations. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, I, I can relate to what you're saying because I feel like that's where I have to take responsibility. I look at my story of honor and there's definitely moments that I ended up um, having this viewpoint of my pastor is king in the kingdom more than Jesus is my king. And my pastor is, the pastor is my shepherd. He's a spiritual leader in my life. She's a spiritual leader in my life, but she'll never place, take the place of the king. And I think that's a real thing. And I also think that there's... Um, to be frank, I think there's certain, there's like an era where some of that language got used unintentionally. And I do think it created a little bit of confusion. Um, and that's something that we have to take responsibility for as well. Like I get to choose how I enter into the relationship of interacting with my spiritual leaders and how I interact with Christ and how I view them. And I think that's, I think what's really great about that revelation is then the ball's in my court you know, I get to make choices of my expectations. Here's the expectations I have for Jesus. They're a lot higher. <laughs> here's just, you know, spoiler alert. And here's the expectations that I have for my leader. And, and the Bible's really good about this too. I think, oh, this is where I love the sovereignty of God. He knows, right? He knows where our, like our human failing is. And so one thing that Jesus, in, or one thing that God does in scripture and in the New Testament specifically is outline the expectations that we should have for our human spiritual leaders. And we find them in multiple places in scripture and Titus and first Timothy and first Peter, there is an, and that they're like a list of qualifications. They're pretty straightforward, you know? And if you notice, they're all around issues of just character and maturity. That's it. It's not preference. It's not style. It's not all of those things. It's not personality. They kind of fall in that arena. And that's the framework of what we can expect from our leaders. 
Um, but there's also, and sometimes we don't talk about this, there's also expectations on us as the flock that we sometimes don't get into as well. So there's this mutual expectation in scripture. We're told to honor, we're told to make it easy for them to do their job to shepherd over us. We're told to pray for them. We're told to pursue peace and unity for the greater good. That's all very scriptural. So they have a list of qualifications and that's the expectation we should as Christians expect and support and endorse and, and create an environment where our leaders can win in those things. And then we also have to bring ourselves to the table. And it's that mutual relationship where both expectations are met, where we get to see what, um, you know, first Peter talks about is this humility, like we're clothing, like it, it, you know, both the apostle Paul and Peter talk about this, but that we're clothing ourselves mutually in humility. And that that's like the beautiful glue for unity in the body of Christ. And for us to, to really model the fullness of Christ on the earth and see mission happen in our local churches and then the bigger C church. But I think a lot of times the breakdown is either we're not clear on what's expected of us and we're not bringing what we're responsible for to the table, or we have different expectations of our leaders. Um, and, and I, and I guess it's worth saying in this conversation, if you, you know, um, so there's been times in my life where it has been very hard for me to submit to authority, not because they didn't fit those qualifications, but because I had put additional expectations on them. And wow. I thought this was a better way of doing things. This is the better, like, the, are you not seeing that this is a bad choice? Do you not get yeah. what's over? You know, I, I was seeing the flaws in the leadership style of leaders and that was what was making it hard. But the Bible actually never says that that should be a hindrance to right. living under authority. Um, and I do think that if there's a situation where that's not the case and you find yourself walking under a leader and you're looking at those qualifications and it's just, a, it's blatantly clear that those mutual expectations, like there are those qualifications of a leader are not being met, I think then you need to really pray about what that looks like for you um, and what it looks like to support your leader, either to get back to that place, or if you need to pray about a change, then that's okay too. I think we, you know, I think that's part of the nuance of this conversation. Um, but because we're not having this complicated conversation in scripture and studying it a little bit more than one verse, I think it, it leaves us with less solutions than scripture actually provides for us if we look to God's word for direction in those moments. Wow. That was beautiful, Nicole. Thank you. And um, this this is one of the best conversations I've had on this subject in a while. So so thank you. And I, man, there's so much in my heart I want to talk to leaders about in this season. And I, I just really felt that we were supposed to get back to one of our core messages, which is this for, for our ministry. And um, I think we need to continue to have this. And so th thank you for just a really great, um, a really great, solid conversation. And, and keeping in mind, I mean, maybe this is a little bit of context if people didn't figure it out yet. I mean, we both come from very interesting parts of the country politically <laughs> for, for being believers. You in New York, myself, Seattle. We don't need to get into that, but I mean, this, this is, when you talk about a wrestle, our, our, uh, you know, our churches and our political exposure is great on, on, on these topics and they, they certainly don't come to us easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think we were, we were just chatting a little bit before and I'm like, man, I think the danger, the blind spot for me is I live in New York city and we have a, we have a very, very, um, uh, left liberal view on certain things. Um, and I can forget that the, a lot of the country doesn't when I'm having these kind of conversations. Um, and I, 
but I also think what's beautiful about this conversation is it's refusing to bucket the convention. Like I think right now our society is saying there are two options for dealing with authority, or there's two political parties make a choice. Like they're, they're just making the options very limited for us, but that is not what God is offering us. Like we can actually choose kingdom and kingdom isn't right or left. It's Christ centered. And, um, and I also think we don't have to, you know, um, uh, become these like, you know, we are every authority we are skeptical of, we hate authority, we don't need them. Um, we also don't have to go to that other extreme that is just like, you know, blindly following, never examining, never, never expecting anything and um, never questioning where there needs to be like a, a prayerful, sober-minded look at things. We can live in this beautiful place with Christ where we are honoring authority and valuing every person and valuing those positions while we're also committed to things that are godliness and holiness and integrity and justice. Like we can do those things. Um, but I think we have to be real too about the pressure right now that we're under to choose which side we are in terms of how we're going to respond to authority and recognize that that's actually not godly and we don't need to choose either of those paths. Let, let me just say it as crystal clear as we can, because I feel like I see this topic come up so much on social media. I have to hold my tongue a lot of time or hold my, hold my type, I guess. That's yeah, the, yeah. The, but um, if you are politically liberal or politically conservative, like to me, neither is more kingdom than the other. And I think we get in a real ditch sometimes when we, when we say, when we paint the other side as like not being Christian. And I think the other side can feel very attacked sometimes as to like what I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking freedom or I'm seeking justice and which is, and I, I think we as believers, we have to be united in this season around our love for Christ and our love for his church and let that trump our, our, our political leanings are, I, I don't consider a liberal or a conservative any more or less Christian than the other. And I, we have to get past that as the body of Christ right now. We, yeah. we, we have to, or we're, we're going to fall victim to the political polarization. It's such a scheme of the enemy right now that we're seeing, again, I think we're, we're very into it right now. Like this is very real for us because we're approaching election. Like it's just the climate for us in the U.S., but I would say that this is happening on a global scale as well. The same kind of polarization um, is happening in a lot of other places. So I think we have to, to pause and either we are going to be prey to a real, real scheme of the wicked one, or we are going to open our eyes and choose the kingdom over um, what is what is like culturally um, the demand right now. And I, it, it dri- I'm with you, man. I, to be like, it drives me crazy when people think they own their party owns the trademark on the kingdom of God. Like this one has been endorsed by Jesus and you guys haven't. I'm like, says who, like where in the Bible is that ever the case? And I think you're right. I think we're, I think most people right now are finding themselves when they're looking at political parties going, there are certain things about this party that I agree with. There's certain things I don't. That's just where we're at right now. And we're kind of forced into this, like choose as Christians, we have to deny that and say, you know what? My affiliation is to Christ above all. And, um, and I think we've got to give each other some grace, <laughs> yep. which is lacking in this whole conversation. Um, it's lacking in social media. It's, um, it's, you know, it's like extreme intolerance in the name of tolerance, um, which is crazy to me, like that we wouldn't wake up and see, um, see what's at play and just choose the way of Christ instead. 
I've got one more question for you and, and we'll be done. Um, but I do want to say this. I really believe that it, for as heavy as this season feels, I really believe it's a setup um, for us to see a great outpouring and a move of God on the planet um, in this next hour. I, I really believe that that God does some of his finest work in desperation. And and I think my my heart and maybe my faith, my hope in all of this is that we're going to go through and we are going through some things as a nation and all roads will lead back to everything coming up dry outside of Jesus. And the world is the world is heaving and looking for solutions right now. And ultimately outside of Christ, they're not going to find them. But to me, that's just a setup for the kingdom of God to move forward and for God to, to really move in our nation. I prayed for our nation this morning and um, I would encourage every believer to just ask God, nothing but his will be done right now in this season. And I, I really, my, my faith is that we're going to see an incredible move of God in our generation. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's where I have to anchor my hope right now in, in the middle yeah. of, of the, all the chaos. Hey, land the plane, land the place with this, take us to church for a minute. Just let's get back personal here. We've talked a lot about the U S <laughs> um, yeah. let's, let's, let's get back to personal. So like, like one minute here, um, just how have you seen the blessing and protection of God on your life as you have honored authority in Nicole Smithy's life? Like, like what has that meant to you personally? Let's, let's end there today. And there are so many, the list is very long, but I think the one that I, at this moment, treasure the most is the way that my character has been developed in the process and the way that I've become more like Jesus. Like we actually need each other to become more like Jesus. And he has put structure in place for that. And part of that is authority. And when I live under authority, then I'm I mean, sometimes it's cha- I'm challenged. My character is challenged to develop. And other times I'm given this, like, I'm being nourished through authority to grow spiritually, to um, nurture my relationship with God. And so I, I'm looking back at my life. And if I would have chosen at different moments to not do the wrestle and the, and the like, work of the soul, to be able to um, discern what living under authority looks like. And I haven't always done it perfectly, but if I hadn't like valued that, there is no way, no way that I would be where I am, not just in terms of like ministry today and the opportunities that God is open for me to do ministry, but just me as a human, I would be way more selfish I would be way more arrogant. I would be way more wrong on a lot of things because nobody ever called me out on it. Um, And it would have been very annoying. A lot of you would be unfollowing me. A lot more of you would be unfollowing me on social media at this moment because I wouldn't be who I am today. So I just think we need, yes, there's blessing, but let's not underestimate that part of that big blessing is it's shaping who you're becoming. And that person is more like Christ. And you cannot get that same sort of spiritual maturity outside of choosing to live under authority, because this is the system in which this is the the way in which God has called us to grow. Well said. I could talk to you for a long time, but we'll leave it there today. Thank you so much for um, being our friend. Thank you so much for adding value to our tribe, for speaking some life and some word over over leaders today. We really love you. We appreciate you, Nicole. Oh, man. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. And um, 
also, if I could just, I know we're, we're ending this, but I want to honor you for a second. I think this is a difficult conversation to have and such a needed one. And I really respect your leadership and what you guys are building to create the space for wrestling with scripture, um, for really being prayerful about answers, because it's, this is where discipleship is happening for all of us. And these are some big aha moments that affect how we are together building the body of Christ. So what you're doing right now is, is making a huge impact and I'm honored to be a part of the conversation today. Amen. Thanks so much, my friend. Well, I'm so glad you've joined us today for this episode of the Leading Second Podcast. I pray that this conversation on authority helped you to reframe some things, spark something new in your life and your your hope and your desire like mine to get it right with leaders and authority in our lives. And if this podcast is resonating with you, help us out by becoming a podcast ambassador. Click the subscribe button however you're listening to this today. Share it with someone who doesn't yet know about it. Take your team through the conversation if you feel it will be value for them. Uh, Leave a rating or a comment. Uh, It would do us uh, so much good to have you on our team as a podcast ambassador and just help us get the word out Uh, because we truly want to be strong for the kingdom and we want to represent our pastors and our church as well in this season. So leading second, we love you. Hey, I know the times are tense and I know the times are tough, but take heart and be of good courage. King Jesus is on the throne. He is building his church. And I'm so thankful for you, your faithfulness in doing what God has called you to do in this hour, in this day. So leading second, until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, you can go to leadingsecond.com and find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond to keep up with our community of uncommon church builders.